I'm pretty passionate about the trades and getting kids involved in the trades because when I was in school, I was told by my high school guidance counselor I wouldn't amount to anything because I wasn't going to college. And uh, I have never seen her, but I would love to see her and be like, yeah, that, that turned out all right, I think, right? <laughs> this is the Contractor's Corner podcast series from Solar Power World. Hi there, I'm Kelsey Misprenner, Managing Editor of Solar Power World Magazine, coming at you with another episode of the Contractor's Corner podcast. So before we get into our interview this month with Knobelsdorf Enterprises, or KE, which is much easier to say, I wanted to just take a second to talk about one of the most exciting annual things that me, Kelly, and Billy put together it is top solar contractors season. So we've opened up the application. Developers, installers, subcontractors are all welcome to apply to this free um, editorial list that we put together every year. The deadline to apply is May 27th. So please get your applications in as soon as you can. We're looking forward to our 11th year um, and we feature all of the contractors on the list in our July edition of the magazine. So it's a really special program. Last year was our 10th anniversary. So this this has been going for a long time and we are just honored to have so many great companies applying every year. Um, We welcome any new companies and we thank all of the people who've been with us since the start. So without further ado, um, let's go into this Uh, interview this month. We've got KE and they are talking utility scale solar issues. Um, Some interesting Minnesota specific uh, things that they've run into as well as global supply chain issues and how they're managing that. Um, And then some other really neat stuff they're doing to support young people getting into the trades. So I hope you enjoy this interview and thanks for joining us for another edition of Contractors Corner. Hey there, I'm here with Knobelsdorf Enterprises. I've got Carl von Knobelsdorf, the president and CEO here, and then Aaron Pyfrone, who is the senior VP of operations. So welcome to the show, you two. Thank you. Good morning. How are you today? I'm doing good. How are you? Doing great. How did you both get into solar energy? uh, I'll start. Uh, I was working for a company called Bladder Energy in the SMA department, and at that time I was moving into, into a project manager role. And as I moved into that role during the transition, we had some customers coming forward, wanting some support on getting into the solar market, and that started the endeavor into the market. For, so the next two, three years is spent doing recon work and, and developing market customers, suppliers, that network. And then what was the title they had on your door? I was, I was called Solar Boy. Right? Solar Boy. So it was on when my mailbox had Solar Boy as, as <laughs> delivered by mail. You knew who I was, right? So I mean, built a team around that. And uh, I think in the next 10 years, uh, employed over five gigawatts of renewable energy or solar projects specifically. So that, and then and 19 came here to KE. So pretty impressive career. Started in uh, civil and railroad. Yep. In your yep. career first, right? Railroad, railroad and wind work is where I started. So, and it's funny we're we're seeing full circle back into potentially some railroad customers putting solar on sites. So it's it all comes around. I mean, it's kind of cool. Oh. 
Wow. Awesome. My, uh, my intro into the solar market came in 2015 and uh, it was when the Minnesota CSG program was kind of came about and we had uh, kind of a, a historic figure in Minnesota solar, Ralph Jacobson uh, with IPS. Um, he had approached us along with Excel Energy. They were doing a community solar project uh, close to where we were and uh, they needed a, a pole farm built to do the interconnect to the utility. And they didn't have any experience with medium voltage uh, electrical work. And Excel had, we've worked with a lot with Excel on the industrial side of our company for years. So got kind of got tied into that project that way and uh, built a pole farm for them, a 15 kV interconnect on the first site. And that went really well. And then they asked, well, what else do you guys want to do? And saw what was going on. We said, we'll do whatever you need us to do. So that led us into doing some underground work for them and then got into racking and DC wiring and module installation for them. So. Right. The rest is history as well. So what has been the most rewarding moment of your career at KE? For me, it's uh, developing people. So that, that is the single most rewarding part of our job. And my job is watching young talent come in, going into the high schools and talking to kids, getting them fired up about the trades and getting them into, uh, you know, a career in the trades and watching them grow in the organization and develop into, you know, their career path. And, you know, that, that for me is the, the best part of the job. So. Yeah. Carl kind of stole my thunder there. Right. It, it is seeing, I mean, it, it's a bad, it's fun. Like you have somebody that comes in and I always, originally we're just a band of misfits and we're growing this great organization and everybody's finding their, their, their place in the world. And as they develop and grow and build talent and they, they move up, take out another job. I mean, hopefully internally, but even if people leave, it's awesome to see people grow and develop. And, and uh, it's one of those things that I still enjoy getting those LinkedIn buzzes. And I don't mean just even KE is like your suppliers, your vendors, it's fun to, to see those relationships you you supported and worked alongside and, watching those people grow in, in the business, staying in solar, it just, it's very exciting. I mean, I, I, the LinkedIn buzzes, it's, it's kind of cool, like where people are going. So yeah, at, at the end of the day, business is all about people, right? And it, it's your interaction with them, both internal and external. And uh, it, it's just fun watching people grow and in, in a company. So yeah. Tell me more about your experience going into high schools. Um, do you find that the students know about solar already as a job prospect? They don't. So for me, I'm a high school graduate. I didn't go to college. I came right out of school and I love to work. I, I was not a good student, right? Just had a good work ethic and drive and, and love to work. So I'm pretty passionate about the trades and getting kids involved in the trades. Because when I was in school, I was told by my high school guidance counselor, I wouldn't amount to anything because I wasn't going to college. And uh, I have never seen her, but I would love to see her and be like, yeah, I, I turned out all right, I think. Right. <laughs> um, but so I'm very passionate about the trade. So we started a program two years ago called Operation Trades Awareness, where we wanted to find a way to get back to our local communities and that we work in and we have people in. Um, and so we were trying to brainstorm ideas and we came up with, OK, we love kids and we love the trades. How do we pair these two together? So it started with our first year. We partnered with seven local school districts about uh I think 700 kids per class. So it starts with kindergarten, we go in real early. Uh, kindergartners get a book on construction. We go in and read the book to them. They get to take the book home and then they get a flyer that goes home to the parents um, promoting the trades, right? Getting them thinking early on what the trades look like, what a career path looks like, wages. And for a lot of them, especially the parents, it really opens their eyes. They never knew that you could make such a good career um, with without going to school before your program, right? Um, eighth graders, we actually take on a field trip to a solar site and they get to learn all about renewable energy and what goes into the project from a design procurement 
uh, the civil and grading work, the fencing and pile driving, the racking, um, module setting, you know, DC wiring, commissioning, and they kind of see that project from tip to tail of what goes into it. Again, they get that same flyer that goes home to the parents, a little bit more targeted at them too, just opening their eyes to the opportunity out there. And then uh, graduating seniors, we give a home starter toolkit and then kind of that same flyer. And uh, last year, I think we hired 10 kids right out of talking at the, to those senior classes. So it, uh, it's, it's been a great program. It's a lot of fun. And we're looking to expand that uh, both regionally and nationally to help get more of our uh, vendors and our you know, counterparts in the industry, kind of give them a, here's what we did. Here's how you can do it. And it, uh, just benefit the industry to have more, more people in the trade. So. Yeah. Wow. I, that's really comprehensive starting from such a young age. That's cool. Yeah, it, it, it's been a lot of fun. I, I really enjoy it. And the other people uh, do as well. So we try to have people who live in those communities and maybe have kids in those schools. They're the ones that get to go to the school and we try and bring a big truck that the kids can come out and see. And they dress up in, in hard hats and vests and, and uh, the kids really get a kick out of it. So. And, and some of them didn't even know the option existed. Yeah. Right. So, I mean, it's cool to see that somebody's going to have a successful career in something that they wouldn't have known the opportunity existed unless we gave them that exposure. So that's pretty cool. Yeah. So it kind of ties, ties back full circle into that developing people, right? Getting, getting the education out there for the kids and showing them what, what's out there in the world besides what they read, read in a book or got told at school. And yeah, it's been, been a lot of fun. Neat. And I know that um, we are always looking for skilled laborers. I know that's been a shortage and, getting in and telling people about, about the options is crucial. Yep. A lot of people allergic to work in this society. Yeah. <laughs> um, so how else besides that really cool training and informational aspect, how else does your company stand out from others? Oh, go ahead. I'll take a couple of, a couple of things that I think it's we technical expertise. I mean, when we have problems, a lot of people calling Kay and helping troubleshoot, help work through things, even internally, the, the ability to flush out an issue and find what the root cause is and get it fixed timely is second to none here. I mean, truly second to none. I've worked for some large companies and it's pretty impressive, right? And then being a full EPC that self-performs work. I mean, we see a lot of our competitors, I don't want to call them suitcase contractors, there's, but they, they typically don't. They'll do the engineering, they'll do the procurement, but they'll hire the resources on the ground and, and we, we see it all the way through and that's pretty cool. And it's something that I, I look at, and this is maybe not as tangible, but we deliver a great experience. I mean, whether it's our customers our vendors and folks we're working with our teammates, we, it, it's a good experience all around. It's a fun environment and it's something that we work hard. We drive for success. I mean, we're a driven organization, but I think the experience piece is it's unique to us. Yeah. Great, great points. I think that one of the biggest thing that sets us apart from others is uh, we have more fun than anybody has, right? At the end of the day, construction is hard. Construction is challenging, but it's fun. And we make it fun by focusing on our people, right? Lots of companies focus on the bottom line and it's all about numbers. Yes, we need to make money, but we don't play the game by watching the scoreboard, right? We play the game by focusing on the players that are out on the court. So I think that that really helps set us apart and it helps attract top talent. You know, good people attract good people. And the amount of people that we have hired and have come to us based on referrals or seeing what our company is about, watching our YouTube videos, see, seeing us on social media, um, it, it's incredible. I mean, it is it is just a, a great uh, magnet for talent by, by treating your people the way you want to be treated. And uh, they kind of reciprocate that. And 
you know, we take care of our people, our people take care of our customers, and then our customers take care of the company. And it just kind of copy, paste, repeat. It, uh, it's a good, good, good process. So um, tell me about the most unique project your company has done. In the solar market, I would say, you know, some of the challenges in Minnesota, we really didn't have a solar market in 2014 and came 2015 and 16 through the community solar legislation. Um, it brought a lot of contractors to the state that were not licensed in the state and didn't know how to operate in Minnesota. So some of our most challenging projects were really picking up the pieces after other contractors failed. We kind of gained a reputation in the state of, of doing the big, dumb, ugly work and things that others couldn't do. So when a contractor would fail and it would end up back on the bonding company or end up in a developer's hands that, oh, yep, this was a bad decision, we'd come in at the end and uh, kind of save the day and get the project past the finish line for them. So there, there's a, a numerous portfolios of projects in Minnesota where we came in at the end and uh, got, got to get them past the finish line and built great customer relationships that way which then the next round, they ended up hiring us or bringing us to other states for them. Um, and sometimes it was just technical things. You know, they they ran into a situation where they couldn't figure out why uh, breakers were tripping and things weren't working correctly. And, and they would bring us in as a technical resource to help troubleshoot and solve those problems. So. Okay. Can you tell me more about what's unique about installing in Minnesota? Is it the ground? Is it uh, it, it really comes down to Minnesota has some challenging licensing requirements where the state uh, decided that the mechanical racking um, is electrical work. So you have to perform that under a two to one ratio. And it, it's nothing more than pushing bolts and setting structural steel. It, it, it's, it's not electrical work. We don't go to an electrical apprenticeship program to learn how to set structural steel, right? You go to an electrical apprenticeship program to learn how to do things to the NEC and pull wire and terminate and and uh, install conduit, install cables. Um, but in Minnesota, they decided it was electrical work. So you now have to have electricians set structural steel and put assemble mechanical racking. Um, again, it's not work electricians are used to. It's not work that electricians usually want to do. So it, it posed some real challenges to try and have enough labor to be able to do that work under a two to one ratio, um, you know, journeyman to apprentice ratio. That was probably the most challenging. The second most challenging piece was winter. Right. We had a lot of developers coming into the state who had never worked in a northern climate and didn't understand that from November generally to March, they're not ideal conditions. So you're working in frost and snow and frozen ground and, you know, doing underground work. It, it just adds cost. Right. So it, it, uh, you got to thaw ground, you got to heat spoil piles, you got to import material. Um, so that, that was a challenge of educating the customer sometimes of, well, we could build through the winter. It's going to cost you 30% more than you anticipated, but we can do it. So, and, and scheduling some of those work activities to get done before the ground freezes. And we've got a project right now, we're wrapping up that mud season and that's keeping guys morale happy. I mean, yeah, it's challenging when you slug through the mud for a 20 days straight or something that you got to got to keep projects in front of them and know that that's that's not all projects that's just the situation we're in so we'll be right back this podcast is brought to you by aptos solar aptos is introducing a new high performance mac 800r dual unit microinverter it's engineered for maximum ac power output when paired with Aptos Solar Technologies' high-power solar panels. The Mac 800R is built for simple system integration and cloud-based monitoring and is compatible with third-party devices, 
Check it out at aptosolar.com. This podcast is also brought to you by Scanafly. Are you sick of climbing on ladders, tape measuring roofs, and drafting layouts from scratch paper? Now you can ditch your 19th century tools and scale the 21st century's energy source. Scanafly is the only drone-based solar software focused on automating the survey and design stages of your solar project's life. Drones and Scanafly software will reduce your on-site time by up to 90%, allow you to survey three to five times more projects in a day, all while reducing roof time and getting the most accurate measurements for a project. Contact them on their website or take their free course to become a solar drone pilot today at scanafly.com surveyor associate program. Now back to the show. Tell me what's preventing you from installing more projects? I think there's a couple things. One would be what Carl just just referenced as far as uh, the two to one ratio on structural. I mean, that's that's something that's very unique to Minnesota. I, where we worked in 20 states, been working another 40, and I can't think of another state that has that criteria. So that 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 prevents a labor challenge on the front line, and then it's growing. It's growing teams internally. We were strategic about how quickly we're growing. We could go out and take on six new teams of projects, but you wouldn't have seasoned teams. You wouldn't have teams that are doing it the KE way. You'd have teams that are bringing pieces from all over. And so it's it's bringing in people at the right pace, growing teams at the right pace to be sure that we're delivering that KE experience to, to everybody. I think that kind of goes back to our what sets us apart is we don't have a bunch of unskilled labor out there building jobs with a QA, QC person that's checking boxes to make sure they do it right. We're, we're a skilled labor, technical savvy company. Uh, so we expect a lot out of our people. So we're, we're not going to go out and take a bunch of new work on and go hire a bunch of people off the street that don't exist in the first place to try and knock out a bunch of work. And right? it just, that's not the experience our customers expect. And that's not what we expect out of our, our people. So it's, you know, growing at a rate that you can put out top quality projects, right? Keep people happy. Um, the, the other piece that gets to be challenging is some of the policy that we deal with our government officials putting out in front of us that makes, hey, you don't know if the projects are viable because you don't know what new tariff is going to be in place. And, you know, this year we're faced with challenges with with modules and steel supply and you know, our, our customers couldn't pick the modules they were going to use till late because they weren't sure which modules were going to be impacted by the tariff, right? And then that delays us from being able to start engineering, which delays us from being able to procure pile and to procure uh, racking, which then you're at the mercy of price increases that are going on between all the different, you know, forces out there from the war in Ukraine and COVID. And it uh, it's a challenging time to be in the market and try to figure out what projects will actually get built and what materials are going to be available. And if we could get some consistent policy out there that you could count on and know what was going to happen would, would really help um, everybody working in this market to try and achieve these big goals that they set out there of we're going to have X percent renewables by these dates. Well, great. That's a great idea. Well, let's put some policy in place that actually helps support it and, and helps us get there. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I also just worked on a story about interconnection and just the grid in general, not being ready for yep. those big goals. Um, any, the any interconnection process with, with many utilities can be challenging. Uh, we, we face one where just the delays in getting an application through the system and the costs, you know, it's, it's, it's like they're trying to prevent you from getting to connect some of these projects. So it, it uh, you know, 
every two sides to every story, but the process to get a project in Minnesota through the process has definitely got a lot slower and has delayed projects from going online when you anticipated them to go online. So, yeah, we have customers a year out thinking they're going to build 10 projects in Minnesota and due to that delay, they're hitting two of them. Yeah. Right. And those next ones are getting pushed in the following year. And you're seeing, and I see that all too common and it's, it's not an uncommon thing to see. So. Yeah. Have you, guys had to delay projects just because of module shortages lately too? Yes. Yes. Mm. I mean, the situation you talked about, the customer picking modules was, there's only a few handfuls that they could actually get. And that actually delayed some of these projects, pushed them into later this year. You know, then the Ukraine thing popped up and that further, further uh, complicates things. Yeah. Okay. Um, we also heard that some utility scale um, EPCs are actually installing everything but the modules ahead of time. And then just to make sure that projects like are still somewhat on track. Have you guys done that at all? We have installed many projects where we have to come back to do modules because there was a delay in shipping. They were stuck in the port, you know, whatever that reason may be. There's been many sites over the last couple of years that sit just waiting for modules. Have you ever heard the term mod party? Yeah, that's what's happening. Right? I we're have having not. a mod party. Mod. Yeah, it's, it's when everything else is built out. We got six sites and we're just going back and installing modules across those sites. So, oh, wow. Okay. We've also had projects that sit waiting on interconnection. So we've had projects that sit and, and wait. They're completely built, they're commissioned, um, but we can't interconnect them. So mm, that's, that's frustrating, I'm sure. What are some future product trends you're looking forward to? To me, it's always, it's always the, the higher wattage modules continuing to come out in, in a small, like a more efficient modules, maybe not just higher wattage or more efficient. And I think as you're adding batteries, to, you're going to see more batteries coming in. It's, you know, I'd say California's anything getting built today probably has batteries tied with it. So we move that into the Midwest. We're starting to see see more more interest in batteries, and that'll be a cool element because it'll it'll change this project size and the ability to, to treat that power more like baseload power so it should benefit the utility and i think that, that's an exciting element of change and i also that's always interesting i mean you the trackers out there that have technology that allow them to adjust out of the sun or out of get out of shading and, and capture truly the most energy that they can to me that's those little i'd call them tweaks software updates things that somebody's in the think tank thinking about how can i get more power out of this that's always neat right that's how how we get the percent or two more power out of a plant but just doing some some software updates and maybe a little bit of equipment swap out. So just eking that additional electricity out of that plant is pretty cool. Yeah. Well, watching the increase in the module wattages over the five, six years that I've been in the market has been pretty incredible. You know, to start with a 250 watt module and today we're, you know, not installing anything that's under 400. It seems like everything's yeah. in that 450 to 550 and they're bifacial. Um, that that technology has been a lot of fun. And then the inverter technology, you know, everything was central inverters and then to the small strings. Now the string inverters continue to get larger. Um, and it's the technology and the innovation is ever changing. So it's staying on top of that stuff and in which we try to do a great job of to bring that to our, our customers of what's coming next to try and help them be, you know, as successful as possible. Um, another piece that's been a lot of fun to see is just the DAS systems on these sites and watching the intelligence of these systems and the data analytics coming out of there 
Um, so like Aaron had mentioned before, not only are we an EPC contractor, but we also add that M in there with the maintenance. So we offer full O&M maintenance services to our clients so we can build your plant and then help maintain it after the fact, um, which our clients in Minnesota definitely love having that local presence here to uh, help them with all their O&M needs. So and in, in helping build those those DAS systems to be better report what's happening on the sites to, to keep them up and keep them running efficiently for the clients. So. Okay. For those systems, are those like custom built O&M software and hardware solutions you're talking about? Some of them are off the shelf. Others we have. So Canobal Storm has the three business units. We have an electrical construction company. We have an automation and systems integration company, and then our renewable energy group. So we pair our energy group with the systems integration group to help develop custom software to help monitor these plants to, to kind of give, give our customers a little bit of a, an edge up um, operating their plants. So. Using that existing hardware. You know, that's what's new about it. So it's, we're able to pull data from that. And that's, that's one of the projects we're, we're monitoring now is it's kind of a, we're taking the current providers and we're putting it in our old system. And that's how we're able to track and monitor there's a fault and there's issues within the plant. So that's using existing hardware on site. Um, and I'm working on another story now that I'm curious about your perspective on um, what what's your go to wire management solution? Are you bundling? Are you trenching? What's your strategy? That, that kind of depends on the customer, because some customers are very specific on the solution they want and then also the site conditions. So uh, we, we're really good at underground. We're fast at it. We got own a lot of our own equipment. So we got crews that love installing underground, but we do do a lot of uh, harnesses and BLA type installation as well so okay yeah, it's somewhat site specific customer specific right but it's yeah there's there's lots of great products and options out there and there's kind of that right fit for each each site and customer um but definitely going with trying to take as much labor out of the field as you can knowing that project timelines are quick and uh labor you know labor is 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 tight so trying to figure out how to prefab and take some of those concepts we do on the industrial side of the, the house and implement those into the uh, renewable side as well. So, Okay, great. Any last thoughts about looking forward into the solar future? Hoping for some consistent government policy and regulation that, that uh, kind of helps keep the growth in, in the market where, where it needs to be. And, you know, continues to allow us to have a good good forecast in the work and uh, continue to hire and create good good paying jobs across the country all right well thank you so much for your time i really appreciate it thank you have a great day this has been another edition of contractors corner join us each month as i talk to solar contractors across the country thanks for listening to this solar power world podcast Visit us online at solarpowerworldonline.com for more great featured content and breaking solar news. See you back here next month.